The reading is from Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its breadth 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar sent to gather the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province to come to the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the satraps, the prefects, and the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the justices, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And the herald proclaimed aloud, You are commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whosoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, as soon as all the peoples heard the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, all the peoples, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. They declared to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down And worship shall be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, pay no attention to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve 
is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than its usual heat, and he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments, and they were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. Because the king's order was urgent and the furnace was overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning, fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come out here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the fire, and the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the bodies of those men. The hair of their heads was not singed, their cloaks were not harmed, and no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed! Be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb, and their houses laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Those are words that I believe are expounded by the story of Daniel 3 that was read just a few minutes ago. I hope you enjoyed that. What a great story. But it's more than just a story. The point that I would like you to take home with you today is that our lives are very similar to their lives. The Christian life are... are 
lives that are daily guided and deeply affected by this simple conviction from Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5, that God's word will prove true, will prove true. And I hope to show that God's word proves true, as it did for those three men at pressure points in our culture. I mean, we could talk about this for a long, long time, but I'm going to choose three particular pressure points that I believe are very relevant in our culture. Number one, our identity, who we are, our behavior. In other words, finding wise paths for our feet and our hope. Where is everything going? Where is everything headed? The proverb says, every word of God proves true. I want to draw your attention particularly to this word proves for a moment. Every word of God proves true. Consider with me for a moment what this word proves is saying about the nature of God's truth. The word prove is language that speaks of something experiential. That is, it's, it's not merely stating a propositional truth, such as every word of God is true, but it's going beyond that to identify something in the realm of actual experience. It says that it proves true. Not just that it is true, but beyond that, that it, that it proves true. It's saying something about the nature and the character of God's truth. Every word of God proves true. Let me explain the difference between a, a propositional truth and an experiential truth. To say, I love you, is a wonderful proposition. <laughs> to have that love proven in someone's life is, is quite different, right? And lots of people getting married in this, probably today, it's a nice, beautiful, sunny day out there. And they're saying these, these incredible words, I love you. Not just, I'll live with you, or I like you, or I'll sleep with you, but I love you. What a difference between just simply saying those words and actually proving that true. I love you. God help us who say those words to prove them true in the lives to whom we say them to. So this proverb goes beyond simply saying that every word of God is true. It, it makes this amazing claim that every word of God proves true. I hope you see what that means. It means that not only is every word, every word of God true, which it is, but it, it means more than that. It means that every, every word of God will be vindicated as true. Its truthfulness will become apparent in and through those who would dare to believe it. I hope you can see the comparisons or the, the relevancy to the story of Daniel chapter 3 already. It, 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 it's saying so much more when it says every word of God proves true. That those who would, who would embrace it, those who would actually believe it, those who would live upon it, will find that truth, the truthfulness of it, vindicated in them and through them. It proves true. And that is exactly what those three men experienced. They dared to defy a king who said, I am worthy of worship as a god. And not just their conviction, not just their belief, not just their understanding, but, but their experience 
was that something was proven true. Something was proven true in their willingness to defy the king. And what was proven true is that there is but one God, the maker of heaven and earth. But it it wasn't just stated as true. It wasn't just declared as true. It was proven as true in their lives. Through their obedience, through their defiance of the king. Like Shadrach and his friends in Babylon, it was not a very friendly country to their faith, to their belief. We also do not live in a world where God's word is everywhere believed to be true. We also do not live in a world that is friendly to those who hold God's word to be true. But we do live in a world where God's word proves to be true to those who will believe it to those who will live by it, to those who will accept it. It's not claiming that there will be a universal acceptance of truth, but it is claiming that there will be a universal experience for those who believe it. God's word proves true. The story of Shadrach and his friends wonderfully expound this reality, proving God's word to be true. They hold on to a truth that, from a human perspective, and we all, we all have this perspective. We all sometimes live in just this perspective and struggle with it. But from a human perspective, it appears like a tenuous position. You ever feel that pressure sometimes? That it's tenuous to, to actually believe it. If not fully ludicrous, it's certainly dangerous, seemingly reckless, and highly lacking in pragmatism. That's what we want, right? Good pragmatism. After all, if we bow down to the idol, we can keep our positions in Babylon. And God can use us there, surely. Sometimes we don't practice Christianity as much as we practice pragmatism. But when they act on their convictions about God, those convictions prove true. They prove to be true. And in their experience, there's a vindication. And not a vindication of their own wisdom, not a vindication of their own worth or of of anything, but a vindication of something that that transcends them. Right? See, it's it's not all about them. it's, It's a vindication of something that is far greater and beyond their own understanding, their, their own convictions, or their own thinking. See, the reason God's word proves true is because, because God proves true. His words prove true because they actually connect material lives like ours with the immaterial reality of a God, the living God. It's not random that, that God's word proves true. It's because God's words are connected to the living God. It's not not just a a potluck of philosophies or religious ideas. There's a reason why God's word proves true. It's because God proves true. I'm not trying to make a simple point complex. 
although I'm good at that too. I'm trying to show that a simple point is actually very profound. Every word of God proves true. It's extremely simple, but it's highly fundamental to the nature of Christian faith. Do I believe? Do I believe that if I trust God's wisdom above my own, that it will prove true? You know, there have been times in my own life where people have said the most simple things to me, the most basic fundamental principles of discipleship, and it has just met me at a time in my life where that simple thing is just exactly what I needed to hear. Shadrach and his friends face something that the New Testament calls tribulation. You may think we don't have tribulation in Canada. We're a free country. the, The Greek word tribulation simply means pressure. The pressure for these men was to bow down to what was false. We also live under pressure. We live in a culture that is in the midst of a tsunami of unbelief. There are howls of protest. Stoke the furnace for anyone who would dare to define human identity, guide human behavior, or root human hope in the Bible, in a book thousands of years old. And there's tremendous pressure to redefine what it means to be human, to normalize behavior that is clearly contrary to God's wisdom, and to place our hope in temporary and material things. So, very briefly, the God of God's word proves true for our identity. Your identity, my identity. There's pressure here. The fiery furnaces in our culture would be for those who defy, defy the belief that humanity is nothing more than a bunch of bits of cells and tissue that's the random accidental process. Imagine the pressure on Christian parents. Imagine the pressure on Christian grandparents. Imagine the pressure on school teachers who would answer a child's fundamental query, where did I come from? With the answer, God made you. Some people today call that child abuse. God's word says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This is a word that will prove true. It'll prove true now in a profound sense of purpose and meaning in life. And it will prove true in eternity when we will be Christ's bride. The word of God proves true for our behavior. There's pressure here. A fiery furnace in our culture would be for those who defy the belief that morality is just a neurological phenomena driven by our survival instinct. Imagine the pressure on our public leaders. I think there's one in Manitoba right now, a Christian member of parliament. Imagine the, the pressure on our public leaders to associate them, themselves and, and attend events that are so much against their Christian convictions. Imagine the pressure on anyone who would say that I believe God has spoken about how I should live, how I should hold my body and my appetites and my desires. 
God's word says, be holy as I am holy. This is a word that will prove true. If you dare to defy the relativism and the subjective morality of our day, it will prove true now in a life that will truly prosper. And it will prove true in eternity when we hear God say, well done, well done, good and faithful servant. God's word will prove true for our hope. There is pressure here. The fiery furnace of our culture would be for those who defy that history has no destination except for what we make of it. And people are so worried about politics at this particular weekend. And people say, well, what's going to happen? And say, well, here's what you need to know. Every word of God will prove true. God's word says, behold, I am coming with the clouds and every eye shall see me. This is a word that will prove true. If you dare to defy the unbelief and the materialism of our day, it will prove true now, watering your soul that we have a coming Lord and help you to walk in the midst of of however difficult circumstances might be. But it will also prove true in eternity when we will say together, Hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigns. So, in conclusion... Another proverb, Proverbs one thirty three. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without the dread of disaster. Dwelling secure is for those who look to Christ to ask, who am I? How should I live? And where am I going? Christ gives the identity of a child of God. Christ gives a life of wise, loving paths to make us flourish. And Christ gives us the hope of an eternity with Him. Would you stand with me? I'm going to close our, our service with song. Lord, help us, I pray. Give us courage. Give us faith, Lord. Not of our own making, not of our own strength but lord would you make true the promise and the reality that we are a living temple that the living god tabernacles in the midst of us through faith in christ lord grant us courage i pray grant us strength to believe that every word of god proves true help us for jesus sake amen